For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Today's podcast is sponsored by... Yep, still nobody. Um, If you want to sponsor, go to Believe.com and send them or connect on the link there, or you can reach out to them at Believe Podcast on Instagram or Twitter. That is B-L-E-A-V Podcasts. Today's a very special episode. I have two guests um, from around the world, but they both went to Palm Beach Atlantic in West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, They played Division II tennis there. They're good friends now. The first one is from Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, and that is my good friend, Ostwe Adams. Osti, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, brother. How are you doing? I'm good. And my other guest reigns from the south part of Brazil, Pietro da Silva. Pietro, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jacob. Awesome. So we are going to talk a little bit about... Um, we got a lot of things on the on deck today. We got Andy Murray. Um, we're going to talk about Shanghai. There's a big ATP 1000 going on in Shanghai. Then we're going to talk about FAA and Sitsipas. Um, we'll touch on Dominic Team, and then um, we'll get down to you know the top three, top four players in the world, and then um, I'll ask them some personal questions about how they feel about tennis. But let's start with um, Asi. I want to get your opinion on Andy Murray. He kind of did his uh, farewell tour last year at the Australian Open, but this year um, he just announced he's going to return. Um, what's what's going to happen at the Aussie Open with Andy? You know, honestly, like I wasn't even expecting uh, for him to retire the way that he did. It's, it was kind of sad. You know, it's like he had the hip pain that affected him for like, I think about 10 years. And he had already like undergone some surgery but I'm glad that he's actually coming back because I loved watching him play I just didn't like the way he complained so much I mean what do you guys think yeah well don't you think um don't you think it was kind of like he's pretty young um surgeries nowadays go pretty well so for me it was hard to believe that he was even leaving last year right I agree with that uh I think uh as as I said, I think it's uh, he's slowly coming back. I don't know if you guys remember when Djokovic also had a surgery. He he started started off pretty pretty bad in the beginning, losing some matches, first rounds, second rounds here and there, and uh, it took a while for him to get the confidence back up. And I think uh, Murray is going through the same thing that Djokovic went through. Uh, I believe. Um, I hope so. I hope he, he can get to the Australia Open with uh, lots of confidence and hopefully do a great tournament and go back to the, the top four that, 
that's where he he belongs. Yeah, he was he was slowly come back. I mean, he's only thirty two years old. He's still a young gun. I mean, Rogers at thirty eight and looks to be going till infinity. But um, I mean, a lot of people a lot of people also thought he would just stay doubles. But um, it's kind of a big deal that he's coming back to singles. And actually, right now he's playing well um, in Asia. Yeah. But but like, how far do you actually think he can go in Australia, Pietro? I think, uh, as I, as I mentioned, he's in a moment that he's building up his confidence. It's all going to depend on how how well he does on the the previous tournaments, the preparation tournaments uh, b- before the the Australian Open. Uh, I believe he if if he does well, can build up some confidence. He can he can get uh, to the quarterfinals, semifinals. Um, I believe finals is still you know a little bit too far for him, but. Uh, yeah, I would say quarterfinals, semifinals. I mean, think? if you think about it, if you think about it, though, it's like he's been playing a lot of challengers, you know, getting himself into the game again, especially singles. Doubles, he did a great job with Feliciano Lopez, I'm sure. I, I think you guys saw that he won, I believe, the Queens yeah. um, on mm-hmm. grass. He did a wonderful job of getting back into it there. Uh, but it doesn't take a toll on your body as much, you know, to play doubles, which is you know two out of three sets. And then you have the challengers, which is also two out of three sets. If we're looking at the Australian Open, we're, we're talking like, you know, three out of five sets. Um, and, and is his hip going to withstand that? You know, it's a lot of pummeling. It's a hard court and it's not very easy on your body in general. So for me to even think he's going to be making a pass, you know, second round third round some some like that is it's kind of it would be amazing it would be like one of the best come best comeback stories ever but uh it's hard for yeah. me to say that he'll make it any any farther sorry sorry to interrupt you Asti, but uh okay. don't get me wrong i i just uh i think that these guys such as any Murray, Djokovic, uh, Rafa Nadal, once they come back from injuries they they've already been to the top they know how it is to get there well, all it takes is that little extra confidence uh, and gain that confidence back. So uh, it all it all depends on the on how long that process is going to take for Andy Murray. I believe if no injury uh, stops him on the way to that, he's going to for sure be back on the on the top five uh, in the world. Um, hopefully that's the case. Uh, I love Andy Murray. I, I like seeing seeing him play a great fighter, and uh, honestly, I I play more or less like he does. So. That's an extra. Yeah. So you, you you have a little bit of a biased opinion in the situation. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I, I I mean, I kind of agree with both of you um, to an extent. It, I think it is going to be very difficult for him to get the top four, top five of the world again. Just just the way um, tennis is being played right now. I think it's been playing a lot different um, with, with the top guys still staying at the top with Roger being able to stay top three, top four with Rafa just it seems like Rafa's peaking right now. Um and the way that um Annie Murray's playing, I think Ossie's right, his durability really needs to be there, especially in that Australian heat, that heat hits a little different. So um for him to do well in in Australia, Pietro's right, his his preparation has gotta be almost perfect for him to even make the quarterfinals there. I I totally agree with that. Um, let's move on today. Um, actually, Sitsipas, Stefano Sitsipas played Felix Auger Aliassim, 
in Shanghai, and Sitsipas won for the first time in, I believe it's his career. And track, or let's go back a little bit. Sitsipas earlier this year said he doesn't know if he could ever um, beat FAA. It just seemed like he was one of those opponents that, um, you know, you know when the opponents kind of got you figured out, has your number, and you know sometimes you just can't beat him. And that's how Sitsipas felt about FAA. But for him to beat him today in Shanghai, that was big. He beat him in two tiebreakers, uh, seven six, seven six, and both tiebreakers were seven three. Um, Osti, what do you think about um, this kind of rivalry? But who do you got here? Who do you think is going to be better in the long run of tennis? Honestly, uh, if we look at history, we have Fed, who's got a one-handed backhand, who's got a very good head on his shoulders and everything. And I kind of see a little bit of that in uh, Stefano's. Um, I know uh, Felix is also a great contender. He's a He's a great fighter, uh, but he's also, I don't think he's mentally as mature as uh, Um even though he does have, you know, two wins and Tsitsipas has one. Uh, maybe he knows his game well, but as far as head-to-head against other people in general, uh, I would pick Tsitsipas over a lot more people than I would say uh, Felix Augier. Um Pietro? That's, that's kind of where I stand. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with what Asti said. Uh, I think uh, the game, Tsitsipas' uh, Tis- game, is uh, much more likely to, to reach the top 10, top 5 players in the world. Uh, I think, um, yes, uh, FAA is very, it's a very solid player, great conditioning, super fast on the court. But um, I, I I feel like just Tsitsipas is it's very... You know, a little more aggressive, uh, playing more inside the court, and uh, uh, he would serve. Do you think a lot of it has to do with age also? I mean, Sitsipas is 21, um, FAA is 19. It feels like FAA, I mean, he's only been on tour maybe one year, and Sitsipas kind of has, you know, been able to get into the tour a little bit. He's number seven in the world. Um, he's kind, he's kind of just a little bit more comfortable, don't you think? Uh, I agree with that, actually. Uh, FAA just just exploded at the beginning of this year. I believe it was in a Brazilian tournament, actually, uh, Rio Open, uh, if I'm not wrong. But uh, so he he does have a little bit less experience than Tsitsipas in the tour, um, and then that might affect uh, the way the way he's playing right now in comparison to Tsitsipas. Yeah, and I would say also like the career titles. If you look at that, um, year to date, you have Tsitsipas sitting at two titles and you have Felix sitting at zero. Um, and honestly, it's like, it's kind of, can you rise to the occasion when, you know, the moment is there. And I think Felix has had a couple chances where uh, he could have made it, he could have done it, but then he kind of crumbled a little bit under pressure. But uh, Sitsipas tend to keep his head on straight and, and kind of tackle it a little better than, Felix and he is a little bit older than Felix so that might be help like you guys uh, mentioned as well well yeah and um I mean I personally think FAA I think he plays a lot like uh like Denis Shapovalov um not necessarily in the playing style but in the mental style and I know they're really good friends I know Mm -hmm. um they train together sometimes but 
Um, I mean, Chapo had troubles with that as well, where he was, you know, getting in big moments other than when he broke through against uh, Nadal. But Chapo has been in big matches, big moments, and he just sometimes can't win those. And um, I feel like that's how FAA has been, too. They've had very similar career paths, I feel. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, And on top of that, you have the amount of matches that Tsitsipas has played is so much more than Felix. And it's like a crazy amount, like 92 wins and 58 losses for uh, Tsitsipas. And then you have 38 wins and 31 losses for for, uh, Felix. Um, that's a lot more matches and that's a lot of learning that one can actually obtain from, from playing all those matches. I, I say, um, I say so. the only, the only way this, um, this quote unquote rivalry or um, these two can actually be compared. I think we got to even give it like two more years. Um, yeah. We got, we got to give Thanks. FAA, you know, a full solid year under on tour, give them another one to kind of settle in, um, give Sitsipas mm-hmm. another one. But, I I may be crazy, but I think in the long run, um, mm-hmm. Felix could you know be better. I think Felix has a little bit more um, mental capacity, um, and has a little bit more. I don't know how to say this. Um, he's mentally stronger in some of these matches. He he doesn't he doesn't seem like he gets flustered very easy as we've seen this year, even at the U.S. Open. Sitsipas gets real upset sometimes and, you know, can't control it. And so I think maybe in the long run, um, if FAA got anything going for him, it's it's his mental it's his mental state sometimes in the heat yeah. of the moment. Yeah. Um I agree with that. Um it's been a wild year for Dominic team. He comes into the US Open, number four in the world, loses on a day match in our thrash stadium. And then next thing you know, he comes over to China and wins. Um, I believe he won Beijing. I think it was Beijing the earlier or later last week he won. Um, what What's going on with Dominic Team? Is is he an actual contender? Is he a top, top five guy consistently? Or is he not? Um I think, uh, Jacob, the, the potential is there is just, as you mentioned, the, the inconsistency uh, in, in the tournaments throughout, throughout the year is there, he, there is no consistency there. Um, of, of course, he's a, uh, he does better on, on the clay. Uh, he, he can step three meters behind the court and, and his, his high balls uh, um, with lots of top spin, you know, neutralizing the opponent. But um He's very inconsistent in the other tournaments, uh, so that's a, a very good question. I I believe that he does have a lot of potential, and um, I do not know what is the causing this inconsistency among the the, the hard court uh, uh, tournaments. Well, it, se- it seems like the hard court tournaments are most of the year anyway, right? You got the you got the China series um, or the Asian series; those are all hard court. Then it moves right into the Australian series; those are all hard court, and then you go to clay and grass for it seems like not very long and then you're hardcore again for the rest of the year right yeah right right uh, absolutely uh, i i see team playing mostly south america in the beginning of the year instead of playing playing hardcore around uh, march we open um, argentina the argentinian tournament as well um 
So yeah, he, you can see he looks for 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 the clay tournaments as well, uh, although there are other hard courts tournaments. Um, so you can see that bias there. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, inconsistency is definitely there, and I I would like to hear your opinion on w what is causing that inconsistency as well. Um, I think I th I think it could be the pace of play. Um, he's a very he's a very quick guy. Um, he is quick to the ball. He's if you watch his training videos or how he trains, he is um, his footwork's there, and but he's very quick. Um, quick to quick with decisions and I think um something that really favors him in clay court is the ball sits up for him a little bit longer so he can get there quick set up whack hit the ball um but in but in hard court sometimes I think that ball can not not beat him there but I feel like sometimes he can get there you know maybe too quick and then he gets jammed or he can you know he's he's very fast but I think sometimes that can be the you know that can be a fallback for him, and um, whether it get whether it's getting to the ball too soon or um, misreading how the ball's hit, hitting the ground. And like you said, Pietro, he he's a clay court player. Um, he is very well when the ball sits up for him, and he's he's very good chasing the ball down on defense on clay. Um, I, here here's a question for you: Is do you think he's arguably the only guy right now who can beat Rafa on clay? I believe he's one of the top. Um, yes, I would say so. Uh, he, he has definitely the potential to beat Rafa because when he plays on clay, he, he, he does very well in standing, as I mentioned before, three meters behind the, the baseline, neutralizing the opponent until he gets that opportunity of coming in the court and start controlling the point. Um, and with Rafa on the clay, that's one of the main things you, you got to be able to do. You know, the, that the high top spin is going to push you back and you got to be able to, you know, put that ball back and uh, get the, the chance to get inside the court, waiting for the right ball to get inside the court. Uh, and he does that very well. So I do believe he's one of the main uh, prospects to, to beat Rafa on clay. And, and let's hope in 20 or in 2020, even, um, he has another great clay court season. Hopefully, he can bring that into the U.S. Open and, um, you know, be top five in the world and um, do something with it maybe this time. Um, Osti, I want to get your opinion on this. Um, so right now, we're in kind of a critical, critical time in the open area or in the open era of who's going to be the best of all time. Um, I know there's a lot of drama at the Labor Cup about it. Um, a lot of people like. Do you think Rafa and Roger are talking about it? Do you think they're, um, do you think they, you know, have a glass of wine over it or whatever? But when it's all said and done, who do you think will have the most majors between Rafa, Roger, and Joker? You know, I absolutely love Roger, but I think his time is coming to an end when it comes down to actually winning Grand Slams. Um, but as we saw, Rafa, uh, I mean, he played against Medvedev, and that was probably one of the craziest matches I've ever seen. Um, he seems to be in the front run when it comes down to actually getting uh, more grand slams than anybody in the world. So for me, um, it would be Rafa. I would love it 
if it was Roger, but I think Rafa is going to be the one uh, to get the most Grand Slams. The guy's just a machine. Give me, give me a number. I, I don't even know, and I think. Uh, I mean, you got you, he's thirty three years old, right? Yeah. Say he plays for another six years, that gets him to thirty nine, right? Yeah. How many French Opens can you win in six years if you're Rafael Nadal? <laughs> six, six, right? <laughs> that puts I him at like twenty five. By, by the end, he should probably get twenty five, twenty six. My guess was gonna be around twenty eight, because. You never know. He's probably going to win like a U.S. Open or Australian Open. He might just, you know, pull it off again. The guy's, like I said, he's just a machine. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had like twenty-seven. It's stupid that he gets like a guarantee. It's stupid that he gets a guaranteed six, isn't it? Oh, it's insane, man. I just, unless it like he gets injured or unless you know, team has a crazy uh, clay court season and ends up taking it away from him. There's nobody that can actually contend with the man. It's impossible. no one. I mean, it's 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 crazy. I don't I don't think he even dropped a set uh, during the last uh, um, French Open. Did he? He might have dropped a set at the end. But that's it. Yeah, I think so. What do you, What do you think in Pietro? Sure. Who do you Who do you got having the most all time? Yeah, um, I think. Uh, we will never be able to say who is the best of all times. Uh, that's one of the, the toughest questions, but it's definitely uh, the, those three names, Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer, are always going to be um, seen as the, the top three that changed the, the, the game of tennis uh, in, in the history. But um, talking about Grand Slams, I would say uh, definitely Rafa, in my opinion. Um, I still don't see anybody else besides Rafa or Djokovic winning another Grand Slam. Besides Wimbledon, them maybe one of the big servers might might have a good grass season and do well in, in on the grass on Wimbledon. But um, yeah, Rafa is definitely going to pull off a couple more uh, Roland Garros, in my opinion, and uh, Djokovic is definitely going to win a couple more. Uh, however, Rafa has a lead of what three right now? He's at nineteen, and Djokovic is at what sixteen? Is yep, that right? Correct. Yeah. Right. I, I believe uh, it's it's a big lead, uh, and Rafa is going to keep winning uh, the French Opens uh, for at least three more years, in my opinion. You guys said six years. I don't know if he's going to make it that far, <laughs> just because he he the way he plays, he relies a lot on his body, and as you get old, uh, you're broke. But he's probably not going to answer as as well as he used to on the on, when he was in his twenties. Um, but yes, uh, I'll, I'll, if, I, if I were to give a number to Rafa, I'll put as twenty three, twenty four uh, Grand Slams. All right. Um, and jo- Djokovic is probably going to stay around the the twenties to twenty two. All right. Um, la- last two quick questions here. I'm going to go each of you. Uh, Asti, I need your favorite player right now. And then I need your favorite up-and-coming player who you think we should keep an eye on, um, maybe under the age of 23, we'll put it, um, 23, 24, somewhere in there. Um, under that age, next up-and-coming player that you think uh, people should keep an eye on. So my favorite player right now, and I don't want to be like a bandwagon, but I really, really like Medvedev. I know his game is so boring to most people, but 
just the way that he holds himself and the way that he even apologized to the crowd in New York after doing what he did. Um, the way that he fought against uh, Rafa during the championship. I just, I really, I like the guy. I like him. So he would be my favorite right now. Uh, as far as up and coming, um, <laughs> it's it's tough because I really like um, uh, Sitsipas and uh, I really like uh, Felix. Those two are really, really one of my favorites. But you got to keep an eye out for the runner-up, uh, Berrettini. Um, Ooh, good call. He, yeah, he's he's a beast, man. Hey, the guy's huge, and he he just hits so big. And I think uh, if he keeps his head together and if he starts getting a little more confident, um, he's definitely a guy to watch out for. Who do you so got? I'd Who... say Berrettini. Uh, that's a good pick, uh, Pietro. What do you got for your favorite player right now and your favorite player to keep an eye on? My favorite player has always been uh, Nadal just for, for the, his attitude on the court. Uh, I think he's a great example for all tennis players around the world, uh, either if you're just starting to play tennis or if you're already play competitive tennis. Uh, I think um, his attitude is one of the best ones in the in the tour. Uh, that's that's why he's my pick. Um, and up and coming, I would say some people don't, don't agree with me and uh, – uh, I'm okay with that, but Shapovalov, once he puts his mind together, he's a big player. He has super solid uh, ground strokes and uh, very, very hard shots. Uh, when he's on time, it's it's pretty hard to beat him. He hasn't exploded yet, but I believe he's on the on the right path too. Wow, um, I was actually gonna say Shapo. Um, I'll do mine quick. Obviously, I'm a big Roger fan. I've always been a big Roger fan. Um, We'll just keep it at that. That's pretty lame. I understand. Um, and but my next gen player, my player, I think that's going to be really good in the future. Um, you guys heard of Yannick Sinner? Huh? <laughs> Yannick Sinner. <laughs> he's the guy that played. He's a like eighteen year old kid from Italy. Uh, red shaggy hair, kind of like um, Sverev, but he played uh, Vavrinka in the first round of the U.S. Open. He's really good. Keep an eye on him. His last name's Sinner. I watched that match. Yes, yeah. he, he's a great player. I he watched is solid. Um, he's he's my next Yannick gen. Yannick Sinner. Yeah, it's a J A N N I C K and then Sinner. I believe that's how you spell it. Um, I think J- he, he's something. Okay. He's something. Someone to keep an eye on. Maybe in the next like three years, two years, three years. Um, but uh, I think that does it for believing the ATP tour here. Um, we had a great guest, Osti. We need your uh, Instagram handle. Where can people find you? Oh, it's Asti Adams. Uh, my Instagram name, very original. A S T I Adams, right? Yep. Yes, right? sir. And are you single? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <right. laughs> yes, yes. Single there. and ready to mingle. <laughs> All my lady listeners, there you go. Um, Pietro, where can they find you on Instagram? Uh, you can you can type my first name, Pietro, P I E T R O. Silva uh, with two A's in the end. S-I-L-V-A-A. Now, Pietro, are you single? Uh, no, I'm not. I, I currently have a girlfriend. <laughs> Ladies, you heard that. Don't DM him, but Asti is very much <laughs> single for any of my lady yeah, listeners yeah. <laughs> that want to shoot a DM his way. <laughs> oh, I really hope that happens. <laughs> um, 
Well, thanks, guys. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, this was a very successful episode. I got to say it was um, one of my favorites, having a guest, having two guests, um, both from – you guys. do you guys both live in West Palm Beach right now? Yes, sir. Right. West correct. Palm Beach. That's right. And they both played at PBA, correct? Yep, Palm Beach Atlantic University, not That's professional right. bowling association. That's right. That's what I thought it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on the podcast. Um, as always, great conversation, and maybe I look forward to sometime in the future getting you back on this podcast. We can have a little bit more fun. What do you say? It would be a pleasure. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, anybody who's listening, you can sponsor at Believe.com, or you can follow them at Believe Podcasts on any social media network. Or you can follow me at Jacob Sersosimo, C-E-R-S-O-S-I-M-O on Instagram, and at Jacob Sersosimo, same thing on Twitter. Um, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed everything you heard here today, all the hot takes that happened on this podcast today. And uh, I will see you next week, hopefully, with another guest. Thank you. Take care.
For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.